1: the congested interstate systems of America would be if there were no speed limits or how the traffic in the big cities would come to a dead standstill if all the traffic lights in the city went out. Without these things traveling would be a complete mess. Traffic laws and all of the tools and utilities associated with them are there for a reason. They're actually there for our good. To the farmer carrying loads of grain, there's no intention of breaking the speed limit. His load would be spilled. To the elderly couple, with failing vision, they have very little desire to even break the speed limit. But for the younger, wilder generation, not yet experienced in life, they would literally kill themselves without these laws. At the same time, these laws are and can be legitimately broken. A mother going into labor is rushed to the hospital to welcome her newborn, sometimes even with police escort. If the flow of traffic is ten miles above the speed limit, the poor soul who sees the law as a rigid, hard-line set of rules may try to kill himself trying to drive the speed limit in this case an officer might actually ticket the driver for obeying the speed limit because he's disrupting the flow of traffic and he's a danger to the entire group as a whole the problem with this last example is that this driver is living by the letter of the law to him obeying the clearly defined rules is more important than the reason that these rules are enforced in fact he's breaking the very motive behind the creation of these rules by disrupting the flow of traffic he's presenting a danger to himself and others he is creating this danger by following the letter of the law works righteous legalistic cults like the cult of William Branham is no different from this example from a spiritual sense. Like the Jews at the time of Christ, the focus becomes so intent on the words in the scriptures that they overlook the message that the writer is trying to convey. And while they know that they are no longer under the Mosaic law, they see the entire book as a law, thinking that the letters are of the book are the word instead of the combination of the letters and the instructions given by God through these writers. This presents a big problem because portions of the book are no longer in effect according to the law, or no longer effect as part of our culture. For instance, we would never stone our children for disobeying, yet under the old covenant, we're instructed to do so in the Bible. Pastors no longer wash their hands in a brass basin before entering the congregation. Countries with tennis shoes no longer have any need to wash sand off their feet. Men do not gird up their loins. There are shorts and other apparel that come pre-girded. To create a religion that lives the letter of the law as these cults do, you have to compromise the Bible. You literally have to go through the book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and decide which verse applies to our culture and society, and which ones are the vilest of sins that must be obeyed even if it breaks our society. Sadly, like these other false religions and pagan religions of the past, women are typically the ones who suffer the most from works righteous faith. The Muslim women are veiled in public. The Catholic nun wears the long black. The Branhamite woman dresses just like the Catholic nun, without the hood and colors. Cults that try to sever themselves from the body of Christ, to some extent, also try to sever themselves from society. Many do not care what goes on in the world around them because they've been falsely taught that their little group is better than the other christians in the world they're falsely taught that their little group will be given a special pass to exit before the rest of them Branhamism is prime example because the little bride is supposed to go on the rapture before the other christians who are kind to the little bride as they call it how many resurrections are described in the bible is it one or is it two first timothy 2 is a good example of the balance that christians should have in their lives this single chapter combines culture peaceful living in the society we live in balance and truth he said paul says in the letter to timothy first of all i urge that supplications prayers intercessions And thanksgivings be made for all people for kings and all who are in high places that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way Paul does not instruct ourselves to sever ourselves from the body of Christ Paul does not instruct us to ignore what's going on around us he actually tells us that we should offer prayer. He doesn't tell us to belittle and mock our president even if we disagree with his actions. We're to intercede for these people in prayer from the devout Christian to the ungodly kings. Our peace and our comfort in the world we live in revolves around the things that we ask God for. And cult leaders have promoted the idea that we should stand firm against these things rather than interceding in prayer paul says this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of god our savior who desires all people to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth while cult leaders of gnostic faith teach that god is hidden in mystery and all mysteries must be revealed to bring rapturing faith Paul says that God is pleased by our intercession for others. He says that God wants all people to be saved. He's not hiding this truth so that this group can't make it, and this group can't make it, and this group can't make it. God wants all to be saved. He wants all people to have the knowledge of the truth. This is in direct contrast with cult leaders. Some sermons they preach are only for the bride, such as William Branham's sermon on marriage and divorce. If this were such a substantial truth as the cult claims, why would God not spread it to the entire world? Why would a man claiming to be a prophet of God only speak to this little group, the Word of God to this specific little church in this specific little city in one single state Of only one country in the world and why would William Branham remarry his own brothers and his own cousins when they've been divorced breaking the the entire sermon that is just for this little group it's almost as if he's speaking out from the grave don't tell everybody that I've done this Paul says for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man the man Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time for this I Paul was appointed to be a preacher and an apostle I am telling the truth I am NOT lying Paul makes it very clear he says a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth notice we have two separate points here both of which are God there is one God and Paul says and there's one mediator between God and men which is the man Jesus Christ many cult leaders try to limit the Godhead like William Branham they lie to you about what the other churches in the Christian faith believe Yet they don't believe as William Branham claimed. While Branham claimed that Trinitarians believe that there are three gods, Trinitarians will stand firm on the foundation of one God. Their hymns are even stating these words. They say these three are one. Many cult leaders try to trick you into thinking that they have the only truth. But the strongest point Paul makes here is that he is telling the truth he firmly stands on the truth and he does not lie how does this compare with William Branham who lied about even his own birth date and his own childhood Paul says that men should spread peace he says I desire that in every place men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling afterwards in the same sentence Paul makes a statement that is twisted out of context in many cults and many sects of the Christian faith. Modesty. Women in these cults are taught modesty means to dress from cultures of days gone by. They're taught that modesty modesty means dressing in a way that does not look like the current culture. Yet some with these form-fitting dresses and tops that these women in the cults wear, if they were to travel back in time just a few years, sinful men would grab cash from their wallets thinking they're prostitutes. This is a good bit of culture that Paul makes in these statements. And these cult leaders do not read the scripture in its entirety to teach it in its fullness. While staying with the letter of the law in one aspect they're breaking the letter of the law in the other Paul did speak modesty he says likewise all women should adorn themselves in respectable modest apparel with modesty and self-control exactly what they teach you but in that same sentence he goes on to say not with braided hair he goes on to say gold or pearls or costly attire he says but what is proper what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works the word used here in the King James Version the phrase is modest apparel but Paul also says that it should be what's proper for women this part of modesty is ground into the dirt sermon after sermon with each individual pastor's own idea of what is modesty. One Branamite cult pastor in Arizona speaks against open-toed shoes. Do the men in his city have foot fetishes? Others speak against slits in the long skirts. These are functional dresses with a slit to allow the woman to walk and move about without tripping over their own skirt yet those same pastors their wives wear a slit wear a skirt that is higher than the slit while the slit is from almost to the floor up a little bit on the skirts with the slits in them the pastor's wives have a skirt that's even higher than that slit it doesn't make any sense paul says notice he says not with braided hair not with gold, not with pearls. When we study the culture that Paul is speaking to, we find that women in pagan worship were deeply involved with that worship. Large braided hair, going high above the head, gold and pearls, expensive clothing, they were all part of this pagan worship of these false gods. Paul wanted them to know that worship of the one true God did not require these things he did not want others to see their worship and think that they were part of this worship of a false god paul wanted people to know that there is christ in this building paul also spoke against women who prophesy with their head up with their hair with their hair down the women in that day they used to fix their hair much like the Branhamite women of today with a long pin through the top of their head. And these women of Paul's day, when he talks about the woman's hair is for her glory and she should keep it up, he's talking about these women who would pull that pin out to prophesy and their hair would flow long and unkempt, exactly like these Branhamite cult churches. And they would start prophesying and they would enter themselves into some strange spirit that they would go rip the flesh off of animals. If we don't apply the culture, we don't get these things. The pastors just want you to live by the letter of the law. But we find many women in these churches keeping their hair just like the pagan women or let pulling a pin out letting it down just like these women that used to rip the flesh off of animals we find many braiding their hair we find many wearing gold or pearl necklaces some of their wardrobes cost twice of what other women in other churches wear and quite frankly some of the pants that these other women wear in the tops are actually more modest than some of the dresses in these Branhamite cult churches Why do these cult pastors apply their limited knowledge of culture to the letter of the law? They, They apply it to their own culture, to a God who has no culture. Can the Eskimo woman survive the Arctic temperatures wearing a dress with no pants under it? can the amazon woman survive the intense heat wearing long hot clothing does god even want them to if a northern alaskan woman were converted to christ and a cult pastor came to her and tried to enforce that she wear a thin skirt or even a thick skirt with no pants underneath what would happen would the woman stand and laugh at the pastor whose wife braided her hair if he were teaching the letter of the law she would read it and say well it says don't braid your hair would she point to the gold necklace and the pearls that his wife is wearing and double over with deep belly laughs the real question is shouldn't we do the same